This podcast is sponsored by King Manual Therapy, restoring function to body and voice. Later on, we will be discussing the services that Stephen offers and where you can find him. We only have one more episode left in series two, so be sure to tune in next week for the last episode of the series. In celebration of series two, we are having our first ever social event. This will take place on Monday the 29th of April at the Charing Cross Theatre, otherwise known as Players Bar. We will be there from 6.30pm and you can drop by any time throughout the evening. The bar is open late with live music starting from 11pm, so we will be there. Come by and connect with us and other people, have a mingle and let's celebrate change happening in the arts. Tickets are free but limited, so please visit our Twitter page or just email us to book them. A special shout out has to go to Miles at the Players Bar for giving us this space. We're so grateful Miles, thank you and see you there. star after landing a huge Nickelodeon role. She shot to the screen a few years ago and has appeared out on EVE, CBBC, Clique, BBC Scotland and most recently Finds Me in Paris which airs globally to millions. It is the wonderful Ava Akaladi. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I just had an audition so I'm a bit, my mind is a wee bit like... But you look fabulous. I love this jumpsuit so much. I'm bullshit for the audition. That's what I do when I've got an audition coming up. I always like buy something like a little bit different. I love it. So Ava, we always start with a word association game. Okay. Are you ready? So you just say the first thing that pops into your head. Okay. Okay. Netflix. And chill. Ballerina. Tutu. Breakfast. Club. Awards night. Oscars? Hangover. Yesterday? I said that really weird, hangover. <laughs> you were hungover yesterday! Yes, I, yeah, I was hungover yesterday. <gasps> Did you have a wild night out? No, it isn't, I don't need a wild night out to get hungover. I literally just need one drink and that's me. Lightweight. Yeah, I'm the same. Completely. I'm the same. I'm me such spend as much money though. Exactly. So, Two circles and I'm done. Yeah, Two yeah, yeah, and I'm done. Always. Happiness. Joy. Last one. Square sausage. Scotland. Yeah. yeah Do you like square sure. sausage? Are you well, I'm trying to be very true at the moment. I did really well in January and February has not done so well because I had a Nando's one day and then it was just a downward spiral. It's like when you're on a diet and you have something really unhealthy one day so you think, oh right, okay, yeah. I'll just forget it for the whole day. But that's been me for like the past few weeks. So. Do you know what? You have to live your best life. And I'm, trying, I'm trying to get back to it. I'll try. I'll get there. Try. Try. Well, should be, yeah, or corn square sausage. Do you know what? We'll invent it. We'll do it. Let's we'll do it. it. Let's we'll do it together. One. Yes. So, first question. Um, so when did you decide, I want to be an actress? Was it something that you had always dreamed of? Um, or was it quite a spontaneous choice? Um, I'd always loved performing growing up, but I didn't get into acting Probably until I was 15 and I went to an open call for a CBBC show and I got the part and kind of being on the set and stuff and it was a three season show and for me that like introduced me to the whole world of like screen acting and stuff and that's kind of when I decided okay there's something that actually 
like to do as a career, you know. Yeah. And before then, I'd always like seen shows and thought, wow, that's amazing. I remember seeing Billy Elliot and just crying in my own yeah. Why are you crying? What's wrong? <laughs> and then when I was younger, when I was probably primary seven, um, I did a game show for CBBC. I signed me and two of my friends up to this game show um, with like Sam and Mark and then JLS were on it because we got to pick. Oh my God, I love JLS. Yeah, we got to pick what celebrity would we want on it. And just being on TV and being on screen and like seeing how much goes into it and how much of like a collaborative process it is, it made me think, oh, okay, this is cool. So I guess I had an inkling then, but it wasn't until I was like 15 and I did the CBBC show, I was like, okay, now I understand yeah. what this whole world is. Amazing. Yeah. And that um, brings me on to my next question, because mm-hmm. I know you briefly from the yeah. dance school Scotland, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I remember I just left mm-hmm. as you started, and then you left because you landed the job at C- CBBC. Yeah. And um, so you must have been around, what, 17 when you landed that job? Um, no, 15. 15? 15, oh yeah. That gosh, was even younger. But I, I still, I went to the dance school of Scotland for two years, but I missed like the first two months of each year because we were filming a season from the summer and then two months into school time. Gosh. So I missed the two months to start off with, but then I was there for the rest of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so talk us through the ups and downs mm-hmm. of this new chapter. Yeah. Because obviously it's amazing. It's, it's so exciting mm-hmm. that you just yeah, kind of yeah. went your path went kind of straight into it but obviously with the ups comes comes with yeah, a lot of downs yeah. so what was what um, was that like for you it's been are you referring to like family in Paris and just stuff? just from that from the from getting that first CBBC oh, first job right, yeah, okay. at the age of 15 yeah it was it was hard because for me the biggest thing was like it sounds really like small but you never see your face at all these different angles so for me watching myself back I find that really hard also the other actors in the show were very experienced and I'd never done anything before so I was kind of a little bit like what's going on what is this world I remember like the second day of filming I had my first kiss on camera and it was my first ever kiss and it was so scary but it was like only the second day of filming and I remember I couldn't eat my lunches for the whole first season because I just I didn't I was so nervous I didn't know what I was doing, I didn't know what I was expected to do, and I didn't know much about acting, to be honest at all. So I was quite anxious during the first season, but then after the second and the third, I got into it. But yeah, I, th- I think it was a lot to do with like your self-conscious teenage yeah. years are sometimes quite difficult being on camera for that time, like having breakouts yeah. and stuff. Like I remember I had a spot on my lip for um, one of the scenes, and the director thought I had a crumb, and I'd been eating um, bread or like a bit of toast or something, you saying during the take, Ava, Ava, you've got, you've got, a, you've got a crumb on your lip, and I'm like, it's not a crumb, oh, no. it's a spot, and it was like, it seemed like the biggest thing in the world at that yeah. point. But like now I look back, and I'm like, oh, it wasn't, it wasn't it's a big part deal. of growing up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And it do you feel like you missed a part of your childhood then from going um, straight into that glitzy um, kind of lifestyle? No, I don't think so. I don't because it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't an overly like massive show. It wasn't quite. It wasn't like the the scale of Femme in Paris is, so it was a wee bit smaller, but it was, um, I don't know, I think it was a cool childhood to spend there. You know, we had tutors on set and stuff, so um, we would do our uh, studies on set with a tutor, and it kind of taught me a lot about uh, discipline in that field. And then I think it kind of maybe perhaps negatively impacted me musical theatre-wise, because I'd kind of, I think I'd kind of decided this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of like doing musical theatre on the side and doing it at the dance school. But I feel like maybe I, if I hadn't have got it, I would have got more 
from the dance school and maybe wanted to pursue musical theatre, but I'm glad I got it because I realised what I want yeah. to do and what I enjoy and performing and stuff, and Absolutely. I quite like subtlety. Yeah. So that's why I kind of prefer like TV and film. It yeah. just feels more like myself. It's fresh each time. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. You can always go back to musical theatre. I know, comedy. I know. Of course, of course. I would probably go to like some singing lessons soon and like try work yeah. on that as well and see what happens. It's an amazing but, yeah. path. That no, you've it's, it's, got, it's so yeah. worth it, and I'm so happy. Fantastic. It's really great to have you here today because most people that we chat to have experienced drama school. Mm-hmm. Um, you haven't for the three years. So what was it like to just be discovered? Um, and what was it like in the industry for you to work um, as someone with very little training? Yeah, yeah. And did that come with quite a lot of stress to be around people that had mm-hmm. experienced drama school? Or Well, for me, it was probably the people I was working with hadn't necessarily experienced drama school, but they had had a lot of jobs beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of experience in that sense um, because I do more like young young based programs were all quite young and like lots of people got into it when they were when they were younger or um, they got lucky when they were younger so a lot of people have had more experience but not necessarily they've not all gone to drama school because I'm not yet doing like adult parts with people who have are that age who could have gone to drama school um but yeah I do I do find that a bit challenging sometimes but I think you've also just got to kind of look at yourself and know that you're there for a reason and kind of just trust the casting director and the directors and the producers that you're meant to be doing what you're doing, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I do I, I do miss drums going. I definitely would go back at some point. If I got to like twenty four or something and I was kind of progressing onto adult parts but not really being so lucky with them, then maybe I would want to go to an acting-based drama school and see what happens and maybe That's do that fantastic. for three years. Yeah, yeah I would, I'm would. i not against that. I think I'd love it. It looks like an amazing time. Like yeah. People have like the best three years there. You're going out, you're with people your age, people who are similar to you, and you're kind of just gaining confidence in yourself yeah. as well, I believe. Yeah. So... Yeah, I would definitely go back at some point. Amazing. Yeah, that's well, that's fantastic. That's a really good point you've made because um, especially with actors who kind of are stuck for so long and then mm-hmm. they do think, oh yeah, maybe I'll go back to drama school. Yeah. And for some reason there's a stigma attached to that mm-hmm. as well. When yeah, yeah. It's training, it's like it's learning yeah. constantly. It's a great people thing. People go at all different ages. Like some of my friends, uh, the schools that they were at, there's people who are like 30 years old there. You know, and I think it doesn't it doesn't really match. I think when you get past twenty, twenty to thirty, everyone's kind of like yeah. the same. You know, so like there's, there's no, no age, age limit. Yeah, there's yeah, no age limit to success yeah, yeah. or to learn. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Amazing. At all. Um so just going back to drama school, so mm-hmm. um many actors we chat to first mm-hmm. um come into contact with mental health yeah. whilst at drama school. What is your relationship like with mental health? And how have you grown to accept the nature of the industry whilst in the industry rather than in a learning environment? Right. Oh, um, well, my relationship with mental health is, I mean, I've always experienced anxiety. Uh, I take beta blockers. Mm-hmm. Um, I started them at the end of Knightswood when I was about to audition for schools because I kind of just thought, I don't really want nerves yeah. to get in the way of me getting into places and I don't want that to be something that's holding me back. Um, but I, I think they're great and I think it's great to also like accept medication but also try working yourself as much as you can as well Absolutely. so I'm starting CBT 
tomorrow. Amazing! I'm so excited. I'm so so excited. Like I do, I do feel like I have like some negative thinking patterns and stuff. And like loads of people I know who have done it just say it's something that they think everyone should do. Like yeah. it's just a great thing for yourself and just like good tool to have when Absolutely. you're when you're struggling. But I have always um, experienced anxiety, but I think now I'm kind of like coming to terms with it and just being like, okay, how do I want to sort this and how do I want to deal with it and how do I want to approach it? So just taking like practical for me it's kind of if I make a list of like practical things I can do to help my mind then that helps so much like so 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 yeah, much absolutely and yeah. um, do you feel like you get more anxious additioning um, um, no I actually don't really get that anxious additioning because well not for a first round because I don't feel like I have anything to prove yet like I, I want to do well but when someone then does like me and wants me to come back that's when I kind of get anxious in case it was a fluke or anything and I do I do take a beta blocker before an edition like an hour before and that that helps a lot and it kind of takes away the physical symptoms of nerves because yeah. that's kind of what I struggle with like yeah. shaking and like sweaty palms and stuff and it does just make me feel calmer but I do find also like even the first day of a job so scary not knowing anyone people are having taken a chance on you and kind of feeling like there's eyes on you Constantly. It's like you have to prove that you're worthy of that mm. role. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It feels it, it, each stage you get closer. I feel like it becomes more of having to prove yourself. So I find that scary. But for me, when I'm anxious, I just have to kind of talk to people about it. Yeah. Uh, talk to my mum. Like my mum is literally my therapist. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I talk to my mum about how I'm feeling. I sort of like start exercising again, and that helps me. Yeah I didn't really anticipate 
getting the part at all. So it was a really big surprise. I remember I didn't really know my lines for the first edition, which was not great. But um, and you got it. Yeah, no, no, no. It was amazing. It's so, it's so great when something like that comes along. Because yeah. a lot of it is luck as well. Like if you get a part that suits you and you're right for it, then it's just yeah. amazing when that comes along at the right time. And it did come along at a really, really good time. Yeah. And was your support around there for mm-hmm. obviously it was quite a young cast. Well, it is yeah. quite a young cast, isn't it? So was there mm-hmm. support there for you know mental health and well-being? Um, no, we didn't. Not so much, but we had um, an assistant choreographer called Astrid, and she was just amazing. Like she was so wonderful, and like there was lots of people that were almost like parental figures. Mm-hmm. And the cast go from well, me and my friend Jess, we were eighteen, and then the oldest members of the cast were thirty-two, still playing fifteen. So there was like a big range of us, so you could kind of like express your emotions in different ways to different people mm-hmm. and get different things from different people as well. So. I was blessed to have like such a wonderful cast who were the support system there and crew as well. The crew yeah. was amazing. It was yeah, it was just an amazing time, and I'm so happy to go back and do um, series two, isn't it? Series three. Series three. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, the third one. So that'll be. And how long are you going away for? Six so months. Six months. Yeah. Your yeah. poor mama. I know. Take her with you. Well, yeah, she, she, yeah, she comes on holidays. Oh, does she? Um, so all actors go through the out of work period mm-hmm. and facing the dreaded question of what's next. Yeah. How did you cope with this after your first initial kind of breakthrough mm-hmm. and success? Um, well, it was okay because I was at night at that point. And then last year I planned quite a few holidays because we were going back for season two. This year has been the first year that I've actually really experienced it but for me it's kind of like creating my own routine so I go to the gym every morning when I can I much prefer to go in the morning like getting up at like eight o'clock and heading to the gym because it just gets me out and about and it releases serotonin so I feel like I'm like set up for the day then and then I can actually get stuff up stuff done I feel like that's that's been like the biggest lifesaver for me because I was kind of one of those people I used to be like oh the gym doesn't do anything to my mental health I wasn't I was just going to the gym and walking until I got tired so it wasn't but now now that I go and I push myself afterwards I feel amazing and it's like such a good investment because it's part of my everyday like I have to create a routine for myself because I'm such a person of habit so I realized okay if I'm not part of an institution creating a routine for me, then I need to do it myself. Yeah. You know, when I do, um, well, I'll be starting therapy, I want to do driving lessons, maybe some voice lessons, uh, see friends, spend time with my boyfriend, my family. Like, it's, it's amazing. And I do just want to, like, enjoy being back in Scotland whilst yeah. I can. But it was really hard coming back, like, just getting used to not having someone telling me, okay, you need to do this, and then you go and do that, and then this and that. And having to like plan it for yourself is difficult, but for me, recently what I've discovered is the biggest life changer has been getting up early. Yeah, I found like completely like I can that totally helped. relate to that mm-hmm. because and um, when I finished pit lockery, yeah, it was after Christmas. It was busy, 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 and then mm-hmm. January of all times to be completely unemployed and just finish a job. Yeah, that was and it was just nothing. Yeah. Was getting so kind of like lazy and like frumpy mm, and grumpy, and, yeah, and then a yeah. couple five k's, couple mm-hmm. running jogs around the block. Yeah. Your mind's uh, exactly electric again. Yeah, exactly. And for me, it's just that if I get that done first thing when I get up, I know that I'm fine for the day, yeah. and I know that I have energy for the whole day. And I just love it as well. I think the gym can be a social thing. If you go to it, you go to a gym where there's like 
people that you know or yeah. friends and working out with friends it's amazing for me like um, two of my friends go to the gym and it's just so great because we get up and we see each other in the morning we do our workout I'm like okay bye I'll see you tomorrow yeah. so yeah no I love it did it take gym. you a while to get into that routine because obviously exercise it does take a while to mm-hmm. be like oh what's the point yeah, of this yeah, get, yeah. I love it I love it I love it it took a really long time like last last year was a totally different story like I did not enjoy the gym at all I remember with Jess in season one we would go to the gym she would work out and I would sit on the treadmill and that would be it. You'd like, sit. yeah, I would sit, like, not even walk on the treadmill. I'd be in my pajamas with my slippers. I'd sit on the treadmill and just chat to her while she did her thing. Um, but now it's like literally just been so amazing. And doing, I've been doing some weights as well, which is so exciting because it's like stimulating your mind and if you're challenging yourself. And I think that's something that you miss about being in a like routine institution. Yeah when you're not being challenged and stimulated. So I feel like I can kind of create that for myself with the gym. And I want to start going to more classes there. But when I first started, I was so nervous. I was so nervous to walk into the weight room. I felt like everyone would laugh at me. But my friends kind of taught me how to do it and taught me what to do. I didn't have to hire a personal trainer or anything because my friends are really fit and really great. Amazing. Yeah, it was literally... And now I like talk like I know everything about it. But (laughs) it was really... they, They really helped so much and also all my friends are still in training so I don't I don't get to see them very often and most of my friends are in London and um, the ones from the Royal Conservatory they're busy every single day so it's kind of just been about finding things that I like to do yeah. and things that I feel will like help me grow as a performer and an artist mm-hmm. and getting where I want to be and I've been doing um, a lot of script writing at the moment I've been going to classes at the Conservatory for that I did a short course on like making your own short film, so I'm trying to get into that. And I got a final draft, the program on my computer, which helps you write scripts and it does the layout for you, and it just makes it a lot easier so you don't procrastinate. And that's been helping me so much because my boyfriend can always notice if I'm a bit low. It's because I'm not writing or I'm not like expressing myself, and I think that's hard when you are unemployed to keep being creative. Because yeah. you're you kind of you can only do it for an edition and you don't get that many editions yeah. sometimes and it's just you have to find other ways of creativity that you like to express yourself in, I feel absolutely, like. absolutely yeah. agree with all of that. When when I'm not being creative, mm-hmm. I literally am like Voldemort. Yeah. I am horrible. It's horrible. It's what it's what you're conditioned in as well. It's exactly. it's something that you're good at and you enjoy. And then when you suddenly stop and someone's not telling you to be creative that oh why am I sad and then yeah. you're like okay I get it I know I'm sad it's because I'm not doing anything to like stimulate my creativity yeah. exactly it's who, it's who we are we have to exactly. be creative yeah, yeah. it's part of yeah. our nature um, so just going back to Find Me in, in Paris mm-hmm. and you're obviously a ballerina yes. in this show um, how did you find it um, filming a physically mm-hmm. quite demanding role um, what did you do to nourish and look after yourself um, assuming it was quite long shoots yeah, yeah. retakes longer mm-hmm. days etc um, we had physio every single week which was amazing I would always go and just ask for a massage because I was like oh, can I just get a massage please <laughs> um, so that was like amazing the production were really great to um, include that in our training regime we had six weeks of training before filming started where we actually train at the Paris Opera Ballet School um, wow. in the Garnier Opera House, which is insane. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. it's insane, it's insane. And we work in combination with other dancers as well. Um, and we do hip-hop. 
I was also doing my extreme ballet and hip hop, which is so hard to go uh, between because you're training yourself to keep your posture upright and to keep yourself very elegant, and then you have to go to hip hop class, and it's so grounded and like grungy and stuff. So that was difficult, but yeah, I think we had like different exercises we would do every day to like maintain our like core and our stamina and stuff. So yeah, that was it was it was okay, and we were all going through the same thing together. So. Yeah. We all could like moan to each other about it and congratulate each other when we get something good or when we like do a really beautiful solo dance or something. We'd be like, well done, and that really helped. I feel like encouragement is a really good way of pushing yourself and learning because you you feed off you feed off positive Absolutely. encouragement. You yeah, know, it does it helps so much. So it was physically demanding. It was completely worth it. It was yeah, really, really worth it. And, it and obviously, like doing ballet, did you, what, um, throughout the filming process, did you ever worry about the comments when that went out to, yeah. to air? I was so worried. I was so, so worried. Um, yeah, I was, I was concerned about that because there was, I know there was, we're playing dancers from the Paris Opera Ballet School. Mm-hmm. So I was concerned about them watching it because I didn't want them to think that we weren't representing them yeah. well or we weren't like doing their art justice because it's what people train their whole lives for and it's such a beautiful art and something that takes it does take away so many parts of your life you have to like sacrifice yourself to it and these people it is their whole life and they need it so I wanted to do a good job with that Um, and I wanted to do a good job for my character as well that was really really so yeah, I was nervous, but it was so fine. Like everyone was so lovely when the show came Supportive, out. Yeah. yeah, and it's aimed at young people. So it was there was actually there's a podcast that talks about how awful the show is actually. <gasps> no, there's an episode because it's like it's these two forty year old women, and it's on Hulu in America, which oh is the God. same broadcasting stream as The Handmaid's Tale. And it was on the main page for a bit, so people were clicking on it and watching it and thinking. It was an adult, an adult program, which is not as for young people. Yeah. So we did have a few people criticising it on Twitter, um, saying it was cheesy and stuff. But it's not, it's not for adults. Like, it's and did you just kind of brush that off as, as yeah, a yeah? It was never. Well, it was never personal. If it was yeah. personal, I'd find that difficult to deal with. But there was nothing ever like really personal directed towards me or anything because I'd, I'd find that hard. But um, it was, it was okay because we're all in it together. Yeah, absolutely. Like they say in High School Musical. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? All the things. Exactly. I know the routine. I know the, you routine. Know the routine. I know the routine. I, I'll learn it. I will learn it. Do it. it. Yeah. I, 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 I want, I want um, a video. Yes. I In Paris. I will. I will see the whole cast. We will learn the whole routine. Amazing. Um, so just a question that I know that you want mm-hmm. to talk about today. Um, so what has your experience been like being an ethnic female in this industry? Um, it's been interesting because I think lots of stereotypes exist within race and I think they're subconscious but people people subconsciously write sometimes to stereotypes and I mean I often get additions for the feisty the feisty girl with the afro and it does get a little bit a, a little bit draining sometimes and I understand sometimes it's not a racial thing um, and it is just subconscious and maybe the character is just meant to be that way but I think a lot of the time it is to do with like subconscious stereotyping and stuff that we've seen before and how black women are interpreted by society you know I have a lot of privilege being like a mixed race uh, girl like it's, it's much harder being like a dark skin um, black girl so I can't complain too much about my 
lack of privilege but it does it does it does come into it like it is it is difficult and also like for most of my castings it's a whole range of just some, sometimes I get castings where it's just like asking for people who aren't white so you go in and there's people from all these different ethnicities and it's just a bit like I don't know like I'm a bit like what are you looking for what do you want because just like being not white isn't like a shouldn't be a casting type I was just going to ask you how did you feel growing up in Scotland I found that really hard what being an ethnic yeah yeah there's no one in my school there was probably just me and my sister who were from African descent yeah so I found that so difficult I was um constantly wishing for my hair to be straight because for me I just really wanted to look like everyone else yeah. like it's, it's strange having people come up and touch your hair or people call me Oreo in school because I'm black and white I ended up like getting an Oreo necklace like as a sort of like oh, oh my god yeah I, I kind of felt like if I started to own it I would be involved in it and I wouldn't be like the brunt of the joke for it mm. and it was kind of I don't know it, it was it was difficult but also then that's difficult coming to, to London um, where there's lots of people who are a lot darker than you suddenly yeah. because you've been given this role within your friend group within your school within like every little group you're in yeah. of being the black person you realise oh my god I'm only half black like I'm not what 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 side do I belong to am I white or am I black because white people ask me to act black and black people say I'm not like black enough to be like them and it's sort of like a weird a weird mid-ground but I did find it hard growing up in Scotland because everyone I didn't look like yeah it is yeah you know and also representation when I was younger like going going into a shop and looking at dolls you'll even see it nowadays there's no black dolls really you know and that's going to impact you because that's what you're seeing as what is beautiful or watching I remember watching Pop Princess the little DVD of the yeah. music videos with my mum didn't look like anyone. I remember saying to mum, "Do I look like her?" She's like, "No, you look like you." Because obviously, it didn't look like these girls. But this is what I saw as what was beautiful, and like kind of coming to terms with that, and sort of like realizing, okay, I'm not white, but that doesn't mean I'm not beautiful just because yeah. that's what I've been brought up to believe is beautiful. Even with fairy tales, even if you look at all the fairy tales growing up, like. Rapunzel, Sleeping Beauty, like Princess and the Frog wasn't about when I was young. So I didn't have that. Pocahontas, she's not black. Um, Mulan, not black. So it was really hard kind of growing up and seeing all these like desired women and like beautiful women and none of them look like you. Yeah. You know, so that was that was difficult growing up in Scotland with that. But I'm starting to come to terms with it, I'm starting to be more comfortable with my hair. I oh, love your natural. hair. It's great. I, I love it too. Like I'm I love your hair. Color. I'm happy. I'm really happy with it. Because for me, I just didn't ever like standing out when I was younger. Yeah. Like I, I didn't not like my hair. I just didn't like people looking at it or touching it or kind of like making it into such a novelty. Like, yeah. yeah. Like people will come into the club. People don't ask. They'll just touch my hair, and it's just it's hor- It's horrible because it's it's like it's like this sort of like almost like an ownership you know yeah. like just just because it's different doesn't mean you have the right, right to come up and touch it with like sweaty club hands no. or anything so coming to terms with that was hard I even remember my mum brushing my cousin's hair my mum's white mm-hmm. um, and my cousin was white well is white <laughs> and um, thinking oh my god my mum wishes she could do that with my hair oh she lost my cousin more because she can't brush through my yeah. hair and it was like like little things but when you're younger you notice when you're yeah. different and when you're treated different as well 
So I, f- I did find that hard growing up in Scotland with that, and especially with like being the token black person, and then realizing you're actually not really dark, yeah. and you're not the token black person anymore, and then you come into a place where so like, like, like yeah, exactly, yeah, like, what, and like right. being mixed race, it's like what side do I belong to? Because I'm not like my mum's family, I'm not like my dad's family. And it gets it gets to a point when you're like, okay, what am I? Because I'm not black enough to be black. I'm not white enough to be white. Everyone sees you as sees you as different. Like there's no race apart from other mixed race people yeah. who don't see you as different from them. You know. So I did I did find that hard growing up in Scotland, but it was amazing because like performance allowed me to like embrace my hair. Because I would dance and I would have my hair out. It was like an acting thing, and I had my hair big, and they loved it. You know, and that helped me find self-love within my hair and my ethnicity. So that was pretty amazing. And it's cool to be able to, like, represent young ethnic girls now Absolutely. on TV because that's what I didn't have. I didn't Absolutely. have that when I was younger. I didn't have that when I was growing up. Um, do, you, do you have quite a lot of young girls reach out mm-hmm. to you? I, have, I actually had a young girl reach out to me um, a few months ago. She's from Australia, and she was saying, I'm so jealous that you can wear your hair natural because in my school it's banned. Because it's banned from lots of schools for black girls to wear what naturally grows out of their head. Which is insane. Like, it's so... It's it's very racist and very insane because it seems unprofessional. So there's there's loads of articles on it if anyone wants to look it up. But it's been banned from a lot of schools. And now a law has recently come into New York to say that is illegal. It's so that's, that's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, so they ask girls to straighten it or get it braided to keep it away. It's our natural hair. It's what grows from our hair. Yeah, and it's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm starting to like take ownership in that. And lots of people do message me about it. And they say to me, oh, I love your natural hair. Or, and it's just, it's great. Because I yeah. love being able to like be that person. It's empowerment for mm-hmm. you as It's well. so much empowerment. That I would, for me personally, I feel more comfortable with my hair tucked away, which is wrong. So, so I'm starting to get more used to it, starting to be more comfortable with having a big afro, yeah, and also just being more comfortable being like, No, please don't touch my hair. Can't believe like, people don't just come up and touch yeah. your hair. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. the exact same as someone come like smacking someone's arse. You know, yeah, you just yeah, yeah. That. I just, I'm, being, I'm now being able to say, Please don't do that, please don't touch my hair, and that's something that's quite empowering as well, yeah. But yeah, I feel like performance has really helped me love it and also other people loving it has helped me love it too yeah amazing amazing so as we said at the start of the podcast we are gratefully sponsored by king manual therapy Stephen is a manual therapist who specializes in myofascial release and scarlett and myself are both here with him at his clinic today hello Stephen. hi scarlett how are you feeling after your treatment i feel really really good i had quite a lot of back tension and neck tension i think you would say Stephen just kind of Shuggled me all up. That's a technical term. (laughs) So it was something that I wanted to start in 2019 in order to look after my mental health as I carry quite a lot of stress around my body. Um, And Stephen's clinic is such a supportive, safe and funny atmosphere. He offers top banter as well throughout his treatments. It's been a really great thing to do in 2019 for me. And I went for a vocal massage last week and having put off going for vocal massages for years because I've heard about how painful they are, I can confidently say that it was completely pain-free and I felt so much better after it. And I think that there is a big link between looking after your mental health and looking after your physical health as well. So Stephen, if people would like to begin with you, where can they find you? 
So you can find me at kingmanualtherapy.com and there's a whole little booking system there. You can just schedule, come and see me, come say hi. We'll work out what we can do. And um, you can find me on Twitter. You'll find me, King Manual Therapy, and uh, Instagram, also King Manual Therapy. I feel like that's really unimaginative. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you check it out. Just quickly before we get back to the episode, if you enjoy this podcast and the work that we are doing, you can vote for us for the Listener's Choice Awards at the British Podcast Awards, powered by DAX. To vote, simply visit the British Podcast Awards website, click Listener's Choice Awards, supported by BBC, search for Industry Minds and click Submit. It would be so great to get more recognition on mental health within the creative arts and to spread the word further about breaking the stigma. So please do vote for us. Or not, whatever you fancy. Now back to the episode. So we briefly spoke about um, finding in Paris mm-hmm. and people said some nasty things on mm-hmm. the American yeah. podcast. Um but you have over 15,000 followers on Instagram mm-hmm. um, and you are also in a relationship with a fellow actor who is highly in the spotlight yeah. as well. Yeah. Do you feel a pressure to protect a relationship like this mm-hmm. and not just romantic ones necessarily but maybe yeah. friendships and family? Um, what is the kind of highs and lows to fame when it comes yeah. down to social media? How much do you share? How much do you have to keep private? Because mm-hmm. it does affect yeah, yeah, mental health. Um, I feel like I would like never say I was famous ever, but like, there is like followers from the show and stuff. And I suppose my Instagram has become more of like a business account than something for me to like express myself with photos and stuff. It's more, it's more I do post things that like the fans would like. It's like if I post certain photos of like a nice bit of scenery, it'll get like no likes. But if I post a picture of me and my boyfriend, it'll get loads. Or like yeah. a posy picture of myself or me with my friends. It gets loads of likes, and I guess that kind of it came into it at the start. I did. I struggled with um, when the show first came out. It almost felt like a representation of how much the audience liked your character mm-hmm. and your performance. And it kind of we were all about well, me anyway. I was kind of like thinking, well, this person's getting more followers. This person's getting. Um, I'm not getting as many followers as this other person, and it was kind of comparing comparing myself to other people in that aspect and I was kind of putting too much emphasis on it in my mind and now I've like started to like let go of that sort of thing and now I just post literally whatever I want but I do believe like certain things have to be kept private you know there's and I'm not really allowed to post anything with me drinking alcohol or swearing or anything that could be seen as like inappropriate for children so I do have to like maintain my Instagram in that way but I want to make a fake Instagram account I just feel like I'll then be on Instagram way too much and it's so addictive because there's always something new to see like you can just refresh and there's new stuff and it's just it's so it's, it's weird I was on the bus the other day and I saw all these people on their phones and I was thinking this is so weird like would it have been like this 10 years ago like Instagram has become as much and social media has become as much of a part of our daily routine as it is brushing your teeth in the morning like people nobody goes a day without checking their social media and it's crazy like I do really want to try like pull myself away from it but it's hard when it's also part of like your business it's also part of what you do and how you and casting directors might look them up it's part of your brand it's lots of different things so it is difficult I'm gonna try 
limit myself to like a certain amount of Instagram per week and I've got um, a little timer on um, my phone when it gets to like one hour per day and then I'm like okay that's brilliant you can, you can get it on Instagram if you go into settings and you can get like a little it tells you when it's been one hour that you've been on that day and then you're kind of like okay now I feel bad I'm going to put that's it away fantastic. for a bit and do something else and it doesn't block you from it you can still go back yeah. on it afterwards it's just un, like a notification like you have spent an hour just so you know yeah, you might want to go away from you your get, phone. Um, how much you've scrolled each day yeah. as well, can't you? And I remember I was like, oh my gosh, I've I actually know. scrolled for like three days I straight. And I think of all the other things that I could be doing. I'm like, what what, what oh. am I doing? What am I doing with my time? But I do I do think it can be like inspirational in yeah. some way as well. Like I had to really do a huge unfollowing spree last year because certain things certain people I was following it just made me feel awful not awful but it was just like all combined it really wasn't making me feel great and I was like okay I'm gonna unfollow people and just follow accounts and my family and friends and people that make me feel like inspired and uplifted and rather than people that don't necessarily make me feel that way and that's to do with my own insecurities it's not these people but I think sometimes you need to look at yourself and be like is this healthy for me to see this every day like photoshopped images like it just it Kylie was, Jenner and yeah. her baby's birthday that probably costs more mm-hmm. than exactly, five exactly. weddings put together uh, and it just it also like in your brain can like subconsciously make you prioritise the wrong things Absolutely. and make you think things are more important than they actually are and you have to be a certain way and you have to look a certain way and it's just like I can't I don't want to do this anymore that's great and like, did you feel that pressure to begin with one yeah ah, when following and also like following actors who are doing so much um, so many amazing things and like incredible things some some people are just like okay maybe I just maybe it's not good for me to see my, this every day because me as a person I'm comparing myself to them and I'd just rather not yeah. and maybe when I'm in a better state in a better mind state feeling a bit more secure I would follow them back but at that point, I was just like, okay, I need to be protective yeah. of my mental health and see if this makes a difference. And it did. It really, really yeah. made a difference. Um, so that was like a really important thing for me That's in terms of social media. It's such a dangerous thing. It I can think only now it's getting into the spotlight yeah. of being, this is how oh dangerous God. it is. Because also, like, we don't even see the permanent effects of it because we weren't brought up with it our whole lives. Like my younger cousins and stuff, they have known it since they were eight and been on it since they were eight or 10 maybe but it's becoming this sort of like I don't know I don't know how that will affect mental health and body image and loads of different things because it's so influential you can be so heavily influenced by who you follow that's why they're called influencers I suppose you know but sometimes it's just not positive like it's really really it can be really detrimental I think and we won't see that until like 20 years probably the full effect of the generation yeah. just now they are like actually growing up with it it's scary because I think we're the generation that just missed it mm-hmm. aren't we yeah and we're still like suffering we're still from suffering. it at this point you know so like I don't yeah, know like, I, I personally like there was a time I was like okay yeah. I, I need to get this photo from my Instagram account mm-hmm. to look like this I need to do this I need to go I remember once going like I need to go and buy this coffee because it looks really really nice and it'll be yeah. pretty on my Instagram, on Instagram. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, and it's like a subconscious thought. You're not that, having a good time. Yeah. You just literally snap, yeah. snap, snap. And I love photography. Um, so I'm sure it always came from a place of yeah, creativity. Yeah. But once it gets over that line and you're buying, especially buying things know, from no intention to drink them or yeah, anything. Yeah, exactly. And then the likes, they are actually mm-hmm. releasing tiny amounts of serotonin each like you get. So also it does the opposite effect as well. If you don't get as many likes that you wanted or 
oh, it's just it's a dangerous game. It really, really is. But I think it can be positive. Like there's some accounts I follow, and I just I love it. Like I see such good things from them every day, and like they post really big, like interesting captions, really inspiring captions, and I enjoy that. Like I know I know who I want to follow now, and who I necessarily mm-hmm. don't want to follow. It doesn't mean I don't like them as a person. It just means it's not really good. It's what you're exposed to every single day. Yeah, cause yeah. Ten. 15 years ago or however long you wouldn't be going mm. online and having daily updates from people that were yeah. across and the pond. and you only show the highlight reel. Exactly. Nobody shows. So for me it's like there's some people I've muted as well because I just find you necessarily, you don't want people to always know that you've unfollowed them, you know so mm. you can just do it, you just mute people for a bit yeah. and, that's, and that's fine and it just means it's something that's not affecting your mental health. But that's another thing of someone unfollowing mm. and then you go, what, why have they unfollowed me? Yeah, what, 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 have I done? Done? what have I done? Yeah, yeah. How scary is that? I know, so that's I the know. first thing you think of. Because there's intention behind it. So yeah. although social media like, can be a little bit silly sometimes and it can be silly to get upset by it, each thing it's the same as like actions in real life. They all have an intention. She begins like, well, think what the intention was when probably they just wanted like the people they're following that number to go down or yeah. or they just or maybe maybe they were comparing their highlight reel to yours. You know, yeah. like you never post your hard times on social media, and you don't like not every not everyone wants to. Like sometimes that can feel like oversharing to some people, and I totally understand that. You know, yeah, absolutely, so, yeah. absolutely. Very well said. I love that. I'm rambling so I'm much, not, but I it's hope absolutely brilliant. It. It's brilliant. Um, so, what are the biggest mental health challenges that you face as mm-hmm. a specifically TV and screen actress? Yeah. Um, for me, it was kind of like self-image. I found quite difficult seeing myself in different lights and from different angles. I kind of came into a place where I was like, "Oh, what do I look like? Like, which face is mine?" I, I can't, it sounds so silly because when I see other people on camera it's all the same face yeah. no matter where it is but like, we all have you our see own one version yeah. you just see the mirror straight on version and the lighting that you like yeah. so kind of when you see it from loads of different angles and stuff and loads of different lightings it's kind of I find it difficult self-image wise um, also I find anxiety difficult but I'd rather be experiencing it now and get over it now than have to do it later. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just working on that. And, and it's so great that you're embracing it as well. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, going, yeah. I thought that's okay, embrace mm-hmm. it. Well, it's been a part of my whole life. Like, I used to... I now identify what were panic attacks when I was younger, which I didn't know were panic attacks. Now I can look back and be like, okay, that was a panic attack. Now I know what that is. Yeah. And I'm just learning more about myself and how to work on myself from that place and just I don't know I just think the most important thing is to be happy we can get wrapped up in what success is and what it means but honestly like it's all about having like the best experience that you can on earth you know and if that's doing what you love then that's doing what you love but I don't think we should get wrapped up so much and this is what success means and this is what is unsuccessful or anything like that, you know? Absolutely. Very beautifully yeah. said. You're so inspiring. You're so you're so down to earth oh, as well. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you. Um so on a day-to-day basis, whilst filming, being mm-hmm. away especially in Paris, yeah. um just talk us through your kind of daily kind of pick yourself up and keep on top of your mental health what what do you do, do to keep your mental health whilst, on track filming. whilst filming um sometimes I'll take moments to myself because it can be a bit hard being on all the time with everyone like producers castmates crew sometimes I do need a little time to be like okay 
we take a moment time. I'm gonna listen to some music just now and just get back to basics Shallow, yeah. for like half an hour. Um, sometimes meditation. I'd like to say I do that all the time, but kind of I can't always be bothered to do it. But I know it helps. So it's one of those really annoying things where yeah. I do want to do it, and I know it helps. But sometimes I'm just like, oh, I can't be bothered to do that right now. Um, so sometimes I do try and meditate. Um, like talking, like just having like a normal conversation with yeah. like the castmates, like not about the show, not about anything to do with what we do, just chatting, like that helps. And having a laugh, like we have such a laugh, like we're all such good friends. So like just having That's a laugh great. with yeah. my friends and stuff, calling my mum, if, if I'm ever having a hard time on set, I'll always call my mum. But for me, the biggest thing I would say is probably like taking some time to myself. Yeah. Like just taking like a quick minute. Actually, listening listening to podcasts. Yeah. I love doing that. It like takes me out of my own head. I'm quite. I do. I need to be like. It takes something really engaging for me to get out of my own yeah. head. And for me, something like a podcast or maybe like watching a YouTube video or listening to some really amazing music. Sometimes just having a dance yeah. as well. Yeah, having a big game. Yeah, or a sleep. Sometimes I have a snooze. Yeah, which is always like a hit or a miss because sometimes I'll wake up feeling so much better. And sometimes I'll wake up feeling, like, so groggy. Like, yeah. Oh, my God, why did I not? Sack of potatoes. Like, yeah. why did I do that? Um, it's the risk you got to take. And if you have dessert at lunchtime, it always happens. Dessert at lunchtime? Yeah, end up falling asleep. We have to start our meal and a dessert at lunchtime. Oh, my God. Cheesecake. Please tell me there's cheesecake. It changes every day. Oh, my God. Shane, and there's so much cheese as well. And croissants. I ordered the whole first season. I was eating like two and a half croissants every <gasps> single morning and I thought it was really good for me. I, like, I get so bloated, oh my god. Oh yeah, me too. But I get it in my face. So when it's my time of the month, it goes to oh, my yeah. face I'm rather safe. than and it's just so annoying. I get so I've already got my cheeks. So yeah. like they go to my cheeks, man. I know, it's awful. I know. and my mum can notice it so well. <laughs> She's like, is it your time? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um I also had the um copper coil fitted before yeah. filming so I have been left with two week periods every single month uh, which is a bit of a nightmare oh, when you're in like, yeah because it's kind of changed like my whole system and it, usually it does that to a yeah. lot of people but usually it goes back to normal but for me it didn't go back to normal I've heard a few stories about that yeah. especially even like the patch as well yeah yeah because uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I had the patch just before yeah. as well so um, that's hard also I find finding a contraception uh, contraceptive so hard when filming as well because yeah. so many cause me to like break out and I can't afford to have any added hormones when I'm already so stressed and anxious. Exactly. So that's a little bit that's a little bit difficult with things, but it was so tough having like a two week period every single month because I just got especially so tired. Yeah, I became anemic actually. Oh my god. Yeah, which is kind of why I started like eating a bit of meat again. But I'm on iron supplements at the moment, so I'm hoping to kind of. Well, that's actually something we've not we've not spoke about at yeah. all, especially obviously for females we have mm. periods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it does it it affects me oh massively. Yeah. The build up when I when I'm before I'm due, mm-hmm. I am miserable because I feel yeah. disgusting. Regardless of what mm-hmm. food I'm putting into my body, I feel yeah. disgusting. I feel like I look disgusting. Mm-hmm. I change your mind completely. I'm just I just feel horrible for about a week and a half. I know, and that's really hard, and especially when you're on a job and you have to yeah. put your best face on every day and like pretend you're fine. Like I find that the hardest thing of doing a job. It's yeah. when I'm not in a good place and I have to pretend I'm fine. I, I really struggle with it. I do end up having to just, like, not say too much yeah. to people that day. 
because it's just tough like if you're coming up to your time or if you're even ill like filming you can't miss a day of filming no. like it, they've invested so much money there's such a strict schedule like you can't like, no, I don't know there's like very few occasions in which I think I could miss filming for like like very very and you'd probably few. feel worse to miss to miss well I would certainly mm-hmm. if I was ever to miss a day of work I'd feel ten times more awful for yeah, exactly. missing it rather than powering exactly. on through it's hard to power on through as well when you're also like playing like a cheery yeah, child. I had like a urine infection um, when I was filming one day and I just cried. I just went to the bathroom and just cried because I was like, oh my god, I can't do this. It's so hard. It's painful. It so is. Hard. It's so tough and it's so tough to like be like that and just be like, hi everyone, nice to see yeah. you all. Because you do want to feel like your best self all the time. But in the reality, you're just not. You're yeah. just not. And that's what I do love about the cast as well. I can kind of show that side of myself too. I don't always have to be chirpy. Well, that's the thing, as humans, we're not always 100%. Mm-hmm. We're not walking robots. We can't always be super exactly, happy. Exactly, you, know I mean? you need some time to just be human. Yeah, be a little bit quiet, be a little bit moody. That brings me on very lovely to my next yeah. question. Um, could you walk into your room today and say, mm-hmm. I'm having a bad mental health day? For an addition? In any room. You can choose the room. Probably not for an addition. I could maybe say, oh, but I could walk into a room of my friends, my castmates, producers, even yeah. directors. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I do. I do. I feel like it's something that people are um, putting a lot more value on nowadays and understanding that it's the same as physical health. Like, yeah. it really is. And the impact that it can have on you, it's just massive, you know, and everyone has their struggles. And also, like, when you say something, you know that most people can relate to it in some way because either they've uh, had hormonal hormonal depression yeah. or like um, anxiety uh, I don't know any, any sort of mental health yeah. illness most people have some weight in relating to it they know someone they are someone you know yeah. so I think it's something that we're all becoming much more aware of and learning to deal with because if you just brush it off then no one would ever do anything about it if I brushed it off I wouldn't be going to CBT I wouldn't have had my beta blockers like it's better just to be like okay I acknowledge this is a problem and then I'm going to figure out how to feel yeah. better and how to deal with it. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> Ava, we're going to play Finish the Sentence. Yes! Gemma <laughs> Mason told me about this. <laughs> Shout out to Gemma. <laughs> Thank you, Gemma. Um, so, the best thing I love about acting is being able to express myself and represent people who are underrepresented. My dream role is... That's so hard. I'm sorry. My dream role is... A role that I write myself. Yes, girl. In the future, I want to... Um, Create my own projects and direct and write. And hire really cool, amazing, interesting, diverse actors. Amazing. My guilty pleasure is... I'm... (laughs) Sorry, you're my non-guilty pleasure because oh, we shouldn't be so guilty. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, my non-guilty pleasure is Netflix. Yes. Can I say that? Do you ever watch yourself? Like on, is it on Netflix? No, no, no it's not, not on Netflix. Netflix. No. It's, come, it's not coming to Netflix. I'm sure it's it was maybe at some point. Some, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen that. Yeah. One thing I want to see change in the industry is... More representation of ethnic minorities. My favourite cheat food is... Um, it's 
sweets. I love sweets. I have sweets all the time. Oh, I'm so, it's so glad. What's your so favourite sweet? Um, I like randoms. I like Skittles. Anything fruity. Ooh. I'm not really a chocolate. I, I like chocolate, but I'm not so much of a chocolatey person. I'm like more interested in like the fruity sort of Have you sugary. tried the Skittles without the shell? So there's Skittles without the shell, just the bit in the middle. I've never even heard about that before. Yeah, but I would definitely do that. It's, it's fantastic. Are they amazing? They're amazing. Them? Yeah, they're really like chewy gummy. Oh, oh, okay. cool, fantastic. Like, yeah, I'm curious just because I suck them for a bit and then I suppose yeah. it becomes like that. Yeah, so. well, go go get some. Yeah, train home. Oh, last I'll one. My favorite hungover munch is Nando's. Nando's. Unfortunately, Cheeky Nando's. that's going to change though. It's going to change when I feel like become a vegetarian. I know, but I love the chicken wings so much. I just can't can't go back in. I can't take myself. (laughs) Well, Ava, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. See you later. See you later. Thank you for listening to this episode of Industry Minds. We wanted to make our listeners aware of the services that we offer. We are lucky to have the support of our counsellor, Mary Birch. Mary offers a private telephone or Skype service 24-7 and completely free of charge. She's also holding one-on-one sessions at a creative-friendly price of £25, so if you are interested, please get in touch. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please hit the subscribe button. You can also rate and review us on Apple. We want to reach as many creatives as we can, and this isn't possible without ratings from our lovely listeners. Share, tell a friend, and please continue to spread the word, as it really could help someone. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back with you very, very soon.